Welcome back to another episode of All Things Red. On today's show, I have a very interesting individual um, that I wanted to get on here, uh, Jeremy Andrzejewski. Um, Jeremy used to be the babysitter for the beloved Tyler Megan <laughs> growing up. So, so Jeremy, thank you for coming on. And uh, if you wanted to, you know, give a little intro of who you are and how we got connected. Yeah, yeah. So, um, I thank you for having me on, first of all. And uh, yes, I... I used to babysit Tyler Megan and uh, and his little brother Garrett. Um, they are no longer little. I, I babysat them when they were like four years old. Uh, I, I you know changed diapers and all that stuff. Uh, so yeah, I I, uh, I became really close friends of the family and uh, still keep in contact with them today. And uh, yeah, I don't I don't I don't know. We we uh, you know Tyler Tyler called me up and was like, hey would you, uh, would you want to be on my friend's podcast? I was like, sure. He's like, all right. He's like, I'll, uh, I'll text, I'll text him and let him know. I'm giving you your number. So, all right. And, uh, here we are, here we are. So I'm, I'm happy to be on and, you know, talk to you about what, what's going on in my life and, uh, how I got to where I am and my podcast and all this other stuff going on. So absolutely. And I think that that would be the, the, the first place to start is, um, your podcast. I listened to the episode that you had with them, him and Garrett. And then I listened to the episode you had with Don and um, just overall, I thought, I think it's a great podcast. So how did you getting right into that? How did you first get into podcasting? Like what was your whole like vision and goal behind it? And like, what are some things that you've learned whether it's about yourself or just like in general from podcasting? Yeah. So I, I started podcasting because, you know, I, I just need a creative out, outlet. Um, I, I, lived in Manhattan for five and a half, half years. And I did a lot of fun things there. I lived in Miami for five or for 13 years and I've done a, a ton of great things there. Uh, and then I moved to Rochester, New York after getting married uh, to my wife. Uh, Cause she has uh, two, two boys from a previous relationship that I'm now a stepdad of. And I am, you know, uh, kind of just overwhelmed with all, all the stuff that I do with, with the boys, right. You know, baseball, flag football i actually this morning right before we we started uh recording i signed them up for football uh first year of tackle football so all this all this fun stuff and um i was like you know what i need something for me i i don't get to you know do these wild and crazy things like i used to so i said let me let me go ahead and, and start a podcast uh and i've been listening to podcasts for a long time now uh because I travel for a living for work, I travel all over the U S so I'm constantly, I have my earbuds in and I'm walking through airports. I'm on planes. I'm, you know, driving in cars, going from meeting to meeting. And I said, you know what, I, I, I can do this that, you know, I, I love being center of attention. <laughs> and I, I, I basically said, I'm going to go ahead, start a podcast. And then I'm sure you've gone through this is like, okay, well, what do you, what do you talk about? Who do you have on? Do you, is it just a one man show? Is it, do I have a partner? And I go through all this stuff and I said, you know what? Uh, screw it. I'm going to, I'm going to go ahead and I'm going to do it for things that I enjoy. And I don't really care if anybody listens. Uh, and, and that was the approach I took uh, back in August, uh, late August of uh, 2020. And I had, uh, you know, two ideas. I wanted to know how successful people got to where they are and what they do to stay successful and to, you know, calm themselves down when they are in a, uh, you know, a stressful state. So that's where my Monday motivation came out of, uh, you know, came out of it. And then I said, you know what, 
Monday motivation is just five questions that I ask people and it can, it can range. I've had, uh, I've had guests where it's, you know, 15 minutes. Uh, I had a, a, a professional hockey player who re- just retired. I had him on Monday motivation. It was like 15, 18 minutes. And then I've had a friend of mine that I graduated high school with that went an hour and like 20 minutes uh, for Monday motivation, just because he loves to go deep dive into his answers. Um, so uh-huh. I did that. And, uh, and I was like, but you know what I want, I want a more free format, you know, one. So where we could talk about anything and everything. And that's where whatever Wednesday came into play where I, uh, I simply just, you know, said, okay, whoever I get on, we can talk about, you know, anything. We can talk about politics. We can talk about sports. We could talk about uh, family. We could talk about, uh, you know, whatever, whatever you really want to as a guest. And, uh, and that's where that developed. And, I've, I've had some, you know, uh, mild, I'm not going to say, you know, crazy success, but I've had some mild success with it. Uh, the podcast is the instant journeyman, uh, in case anybody's wondering. And I, uh, I basically, uh, I try to get out one episode a week, whether it's a Monday or a, a, a Wednesday episode. And I, uh, I've, I've slacked, uh, the past the month or so because, uh, I, just got found found out we got pregnant and uh and we're you know just got everything going on and we're a lot further along than we thought so got a lot of things going on <laughs> and uh congrats on that yeah thank you thank you and then you know dealing with uh I coach the boys uh baseball I coach two of uh the teams that they're on so it's uh it's a it's a it's a large task um and I'm a one man show. Like it's just me and I, I do the recording. I do the editing. I do the, you know, sponsorships. I do all of that. So it's, uh, it's fun, but it's, it's time consuming on top of a full-time job and then uh, a second full-time job taking care of the kids and sports and things like that. Did, um, with you doing your podcast and starting it up, did you ever have the thought that like, I'm only going to do a couple of episodes or were you like fully committed that like, once I start this, I'm not stopping. Oh, no, no. Once, once I started, I said, you know what, after the first episode, and I'll never forget my first episode, I, I was in, uh, uh, it, was, it was a Monday Motivation, and it was with uh, my buddy, uh, Gary, and we had a great time, and I was like, man, you know what, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna to really enjoy doing this, and uh, I have ever since. It, I, I, I think you'll, you'll probably agree, the hardest thing I can, I can say uh, podca- about podcasting is just finding the time. Like I have right now I have, uh, for Monday motivation, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven people lined up. And then for whatever Wednesdays I have one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine. I have nine people lined up. It's just finding time to record with them where your schedule and their schedules mix. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's, that's really the only, uh, frustrating part uh, about it. But I, I, I plan on doing this for a long time if I can, you know, I, I I really enjoy it. And I love finding out different things from people learning different things. Uh, I I have a a good buddy of mine from high school that I'm going to have on. He's created or he started his own cigar rolling business. What? Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. He, he, I mean, he was one of my best friends in, in like grade school and we, you know, he's, he, uh, he went, I believe he went to Nicaragua and learned how, you know, everything's grown, learned how to dry everything, learned how to roll everything. And I said, hey, man, let's do this. And he's like, yeah, absolutely, let's do it. I said, 
only problem is I want to do it where we can like, we're going to video it. Cause I, I started doing YouTube as well, where I, mm-hmm. I posted on YouTube. Yeah. Uh, but I only post like a few on YouTube. I don't post every episode and yeah. it's all been virtual except uh, with uh, Nathan Page, uh, the hockey player. And I, uh, everything else has been virtual. So I said, you know what? I said, Greg, I'm going to, I'm going to go ahead and I'm going to, I'm going to go to my parents' house. We'll go on the patio and, maybe roll one and we'll have a cigar together. You know what I mean? He said, absolutely. Let's do that. So it's just finding the time for me to get to Buffalo and, 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 and get him scheduled in there. So uh, I'm really looking forward to that, but yeah. So that's, that's, those are things that I I enjoy and, and I want to keep doing, you know, hopefully in, you know, a year or two, I can have, you know, a a lot more people on and, and just, you know, kind of learn more and build up my knowledge. That's awesome because I've always told Tyler that like a, obviously something that kicked the can down for the future just because I, me personally, I don't have the funds for it, but something like if I could uh, manifest like a cool little like thing is like in the future have like a wine, not not like a wine, but like a, a wine, whiskey and like a cigar type bar um, in like a patio setting because I think like bars like that are so cool. Absolutely. And, um, I like uh, cigars as well. Now, um, one thing, one thing I wanted to get into with was um, your travel experience. So you mentioned that prior to us recording that your job has taken you all over the country. You've lived in New York City for quite some time. You lived in Miami for quite some time. Um, yep. When you were traveling, was there any part of the traveling that you did like and versus you didn't like and of that was there anything that you came across which i'd be shocked if there's not um in your travels or in your work where you meet someone that is just completely opposite of you and has completely different experiences of you and it's kind of like uh made you even more excited about putting yourself in uncomfortable situations to network with more people and do new things yeah, so tra- travel to me is amazing. I love it. Um, I personally, I love traveling inside the U.S. We have a ton available. Um, I never traveled outside the U.S. until I, I, I think I was 20, 26, 27. I don't remember. Um, but I, I went to Germany and Austria with uh a girl I was dating at the time. And then we did a Bahamas cruise. And, and, and you know, I started like saying like, holy shit, like life outside the U S is pretty awesome too. You know, like, yes, don't get me wrong. I love everything inside the U S I'm a big fan of everything American, <laughs> but um, to go to Germany, Austria. Uh, and then later on uh, I went to Italy and Sicily for a friend's wedding uh, I, I, I was like, holy shit, there's, there's so much out there that, you know, everybody has to see. It's so cool. Uh, so for, for work, I, I've traveled all over the U.S., mainly, mainly major cities, right? Um, California, Nevada, Texas, Illinois, D.C., New York, Florida, stuff like that. Um, even now, I've, I've been going to St. Louis and all that other stuff. But I, I uh, have I have I met people that that have you know been complete opposites. It's very hard for me to meet somebody that is um, a complete opposite that I would be not not necessarily jealous uh, or or excited about because I'm a very outgoing person. I, I'm you know I'm one that's going to go up to somebody that I have no clue who they are and just start talking. Mm-hmm. Uh, 
most people that are opposite them of me are going to avoid me and not want to talk and things like that. So I won't say I met anybody there, but I have met people that have inspired me, um, especially in my, my travel uh, lifestyle where I met this one guy and he, he shared with me very early on in my travels. It was like my first year traveling. He, he shared with me, he was a younger guy. I was, when I started traveling for work, I was 22, 23. Mm-hmm. And um, I'm 36 now, I'll be 37. So it's been a while. So when I first met this guy, he was probably like late twenties, early thirties, really like clean cut, good looking dude. And he was like, yeah, man, he goes, you should always travel and stay at the same hotels and stay at the same or fly the same airplanes and, you know, do, do all these things. He's, he's, he's giving me the ins and outs. And he goes, he goes, look at how many miles I have racked up with American airlines. And he goes, you know, I, I paid for my entire honeymoon with that. He said, uh, you know, look at how many uh, points I got with Hilton. And, and, and we went on and on and on. And like right now I have over 1.3 million miles with American airlines. I have uh, a, a one point, I think 1.6 million points with uh, Marriott. So I, I, I took that guy's advice and I was like, dude, I am so stoked to travel even more now. So anytime my boss would call and be like, Jeremy, I need you here. I'd be like, all right, let's go. <laughs> uh, I, I legit, I legit have only told my boss once out of the, you know, let's just say the 12 years I've been working for him, or maybe the 10 years I've been working for him, I've only told him once I couldn't go somewhere. And it was because I, I had prior engagements. Uh, and uh, other than that, it's been, uh, it's been pretty awesome. What, pretty awesome. Uh, what was the biggest difference between, I mean, obviously one's a beach, one's a major city, or I mean, they're both are major cities, but one's more beach vibe. One is more, um, a little bit different, but what was the major differences between New York and Miami since you've probably lived there the two longest? Yeah. Yeah. So, um, living in New York city was absolutely phenomenal and I recommend anybody, anybody who is in their early twenties or even mid to late twenties to, to move there and just experience it. It's, it's phenomenal. You, you get so much culture, in, in just a small island, you know, uh, and moving there, I moved there when I was 17 years old. So I was super young, uh, you know, super green. Right. And then I'm, I'm going into a melting pot of, of, a, of a city and it was, it was phenomenal. Uh, everybody, it, it, New Yorkers get a bad rap. They say, Oh, New Yorkers are so rude. No, people are just in a hurry to get places. I've never, I've never, uh, understood when people said you know people in new york city are rude they're not i I found everybody to be very helpful and one of the coolest things or experiences i've ever had and i have a lifetime friend from it is i uh i met uh, a a a guy at at a bar um not that way uh (laughs) and 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 we uh and he he ended up owning the bar he was young he was like i think like 20 24 26 or whatever uh when i when i was 18 Mm-hmm. And I, I went to the bar. Luckily, I went in there before he had his bouncer there. So I would just go in. I made friends. I would literally just have dinner sitting at the bar and talking to people. And everybody that went in there was talkative. You never felt weird, you know, talking to some random person, uh, whether it was a male or a female. It was really cool. Now, fast forward going to Miami. Uh, you go you go anywhere in Miami and it's the who's who it's what are you wearing and i'm a schmuck from buffalo new york right i lived in manhattan you know but i'm i'm a nobody 
So I'm not wearing fancy clothes. I have the latest, you know, gap outfit on or whatever it is. <laughs> and what I ended up doing is I found it very hard uh, to meet quality people in Miami. Um, unless you move there knowing people. And I moved both to New York City and Miami uh, without knowing a single soul there. So it was, it was very difficult for me. Uh, Tyler, on the other hand, when he moved to Miami recently, he, he had friends. He has, you know, he's, he's living with friends. And, you know, I, I think that's, that's the way to go. It's very easy to uh, adapt that way. Yeah, that surprises me because I would think it's the exact opposite. Like I would think that in New York City, it's very who's who, whereas in Miami, it's a little bit different. But so that's that's interesting to hear. What um, were you surprised by that? Like before you moved to the city, was what was your like um, expectation of what the city was going to bring you? Because like you said, I feel like New Yorkers get a bad rap and I feel like New York gets that rap of it's very cutthroat. It's a giant shark tank and but then again, from people that have lived there, like one of our good buddies, Joe, lives there. He says it's the exact opposite. He said that his expectation of what he expected the city to be is polar opposite than what he's actually experienced it. And he couldn't imagine living anywhere else at the moment. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, moving to moving to New York City, uh, my expectations were everything you see in movies. Right. I have mm-hmm. only visited there once before I moved there. Um, and it was, you know all the lights it was all the excitement all the hustle bustle it was everything i I thought it would be um and i i moved there and i lived right on 41st and 8th which right now is the new york times building uh but when i moved there uh back in 2002 it was uh a small uh, i think it was sixth floor seventh floor building where it was a mixture of all college students you had to be in college you had to be enrolled in a college uh, and dormitory for all college students about Essex house. And, uh, I shared, I shared a room with three other dudes and, you know, on our same floor, there was, you know, other, you know, girls and whatnot. And, and they were from all over. There was, you know, women from FIT, right. Fashion Institute technology. And then yep. there was, uh, I had, I had a, a, a woman or floor. She was from Ohio state. She was there for her internship for six months, you know, mm-hmm. and, and it was really cool, but I was right in the heart of Times Square, like 41st and 8th, one block over, you're literally in Times Square. Um, so that was really neat. Uh, and then when I, when the New York Times bought the building and they said, everybody out, we'll give you money because I signed a, a three-year contract with them. Mm-hmm. Uh, so they said, everybody that moves out quicker, you'll get more and more money. So I moved out as fast as I could. And uh, I found a place in Tudor City, which is on 41st and 2nd, ironic. And it was a 220-square-foot apartment. Uh, I don't know if you're familiar with 220 square feet, but it's tiny. And I paid, at the time, I was paying twelve ninety five a month. That's insane. Uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so $1,295 for something that's probably the size of your you know, bedroom um, in, in an average house. Uh, and then, and then when I left there in 2007, uh, it was, it was, uh, I think it was, I want to say it was, uh, 1650 a month I was paying. So it was, it was crazy to me. I, I, I couldn't, I was like, man, I can't believe I'm paying this much, but it was so worth it because I went from being in the heart of Times Square all the way over to, 
uh, you know, Tudor City, which is on the East River. And I had a beautiful view and it was more residential. It was more cool, calm, collective. All the bars and restaurants up Second Avenue are very like neighborhoody and, you know, things like that. So it was, it was a great experience. And then when I moved to Miami, you know, I had, I had zero expectations. I had the option. I can move to Miami or Chicago. And I said, well, I already live in the biggest city in the, in, in the country. I was like, mm-hmm. so I don't know if I want to go to Chicago because it's just another city. Let me check out Miami. And at that time, you know, I'm 22 years old. I'm thinking chicks. I'm thinking all my friends are going to come visit me because of the beaches. Yeah. Uh, and, 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 uh, and so I moved there and then it was like, not a lot of my friends came and visited and I was having a tough time because I would travel every other week. I would go to Chicago every other week. So I was basically bouncing back and forth. I was living in hotels in Chicago one week. Next week, I'd be home in my apartment. Then the following week, I'd be back in Chicago. And it was literally every other week. So it was very hard to build friendships with people and meet people and do things with people in, in either city um, until I met uh, I met a girl in, in my building at the pool. And then bada bing, bada boom. You know, she was in med school and we hung out a lot with her med school friends and went to med school parties and all that stuff. And it was a blast. And I was able to, you know, build really good friendships with them. And then, you know, people that I worked with, obviously, I was able to, you know, mingle with them more often. And I was there on the weekends more. So it was fun. It was a good time. Did um, <clears throat> did you regret not doing uh, Chicago or did you find your way in Miami and then you're like, OK, no, I found, I found my way in Miami. I, I'll tell you this. It was the first year that I was like thinking, you know what? I'm going to call up my boss. I'm going to tell him, hey, I'm going to move to Chicago. And, uh, and, and that was the God honest truth. I was like, I, I really, I thought Miami would be a lot different. And then when, you know, when I met a girl, I was like, hey, it's not that bad. <laughs> and, and uh, you know, so, so I stayed in Miami and uh, I, I ended up making really good friends with a couple people in Chicago and I was able to, you know, be there when I wanted to be there and obviously still going there for work every other week. Um, sometimes I was able to make it, you know, like two weeks I'd be at home, one week I'd be there. So it was, it was really cool. I don't regret uh, picking Miami at all. Uh, Miami to me, that's, that's the end goal is I want to move back down to Florida. Um, once our kids are, are grown up. Uh, I, you know, I still own my apartment down there. Um, and I rent it out right now. And then I, uh, you know, obviously I, I'd move in there or I would, you know, my buddy has a place in the keys that I would look at, you know, maybe moving down there when my wife and I are ready to, you know, settle down and retire. Yeah. And what is it about, what is it about Florida that, um, you want to go back because, Tyler, Tyler's been up my ass since day one about, you know, you moved to all these cities, you've lived different places, but you've never once lived in like the same city I was in. And I'm just like, buddy, like we grew up together. We went to college together. Like, I, I think I need a little break from you, <laughs> but, but, um, you know, with Garrett just moving back down to Florida and I know a lot of people have moved down to Florida. What is, um, what is just cause I don't know, like what exactly is the appeal about Florida? Is it, and I'm not saying that in a bad way. I'm just generally like asking, yeah. um, what is exactly the appeal to Florida? Because is it, it can't just be the warm weather. No, 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 no. Because it gets fucking hot. So I, I, yeah, exactly. I wouldn't say that. It's yeah. just warm weather. No, I mean, um, it, it, look, okay. So I, I look at it this way. I, I grew up in Buffalo, New York, um, mm-hmm. and, and I lived in, in Manhattan. Those are my two, my two like bases there. 
And then I, I look at it and I say, when you are in the winter, I've always had a funk. I don't know. I don't know about you, but whenever, nope. yep. whenever the winter comes, um, usually like November, December, I'm cool. Mid-January, I get in this funk where I'm just like, I'm not working out as much. I'm, I'm, I'm coming home from work. It's like 4.30 in the after, or after work. It's 4.30 and it's pitch black out it's fucking cold and you're just like, I don't want to do this. Like, this is miserable. Um, you don't have that in Miami. You don't have that in Florida in general where it's dark at four 30 and freezing cold. And you're like, I just want to climb under the covers and watch a movie every night and, and get fat. Right. Like that's, that's just not a thing down there. Um, and, and I, I attribute that to just sun sunlight. I mean, how many people do you know, you know, in Buffalo and in, in, in wherever that is, is uh, up north uh, that love it in the winter that are like, oh, my God, this is so great. I'm so happy. No, people get miserable. People get down, even depressed. And uh, it's, it's all due to the lack of vitamin D and sunlight and all that shit. So I, I'm, I'm a big fan of, of Florida. Um, I'm a big fan of Southern Florida, right? I love, mm -hmm. uh, you know, Fort Lauderdale, Miami, uh, you know, the Keys, things like that. I think as I get older, I would probably choose more going into the Keys um, or, or maybe even to the West Coast of Florida, uh, mm -hmm. like Naples. But right now, um, you know, Miami's a great place. Uh, I think it's getting a little crazy right now. Uh, but you know, with, with things that are going on in the news and everything, but it's always been crazy. It's just, I think it's more publicized right now just because of the way COVID has gone and, uh, and, and, and Ron DeSantis saying like, Hey, we're open fully. I, I love that. I love that. He has, you know, completely opened up and I, 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 I wish more people would take that stance, but that's just me. No, I, I completely agree. I feel you on that. Um, yeah, no, that's the thing. Cause, uh, I've lived in, well, I keep telling Tyler, I said, you know, I'm definitely going to make, I'm definitely going to make a move again. I'm definitely going to move out of Buffalo again, but, uh, my move this time is going to be somewhere warm. Cause after, cause I lived in Boston, Boston mm -hmm. was incredible. Um, I feel as though like my experience I had in Boston was similar to yours in, um, in uh, New York city. Like, uh, I feel like people from Boston get a bad rep, like they're assholes, they're douchebags and all that stuff. But polar opposite like some of the nicest people i've ever met um they're just very i would say bostonians are very like they not they're not set in their ways but kind of like new yorkers like they believe what they believe for a reason and they won't back down from anyone <laughs> right in, in in a way and it's like if they're gonna back down you it's like okay you need to just like you need to be so like die on the sword of like why you think the polar opposite and then they'll meet you halfway in the middle it's not like we believe what we believe so go fuck yourself if you're not from here um but <laughs> no that's and that's the thing like um i definitely agree with like the seasonal depression um i hate to admit to it but it's definitely a thing because when i was before the pandemic hit i was living out in denver and Denver was absolutely beautiful, and I recommend it to anyone. Pictures and videos don't do justice to that place. But again, waking up and you got to brush snow off your car, and it's still dark out in the morning, and it's cold as fuck. You're just like, what am I doing? Like, why? Why do I want to be here? <laughs> um, yeah. One thing I don't know exactly if that's kind of um, where I'm going to take this, but you said that you still own your apartment in Miami. Um, yeah. Yeah. And in, in that you rent it out was um, real estate investing something that uh, 
you learn just by, hey, I want to keep this apartment. I don't want to get rid of it because I might come back to Miami one day or from your line of work and what you do and obviously networking with uh, higher net worth individuals. Was that kind of something that you learned or like how did you think like, okay, having this rental is going to be good? Because from my experience in real estate, I've uh, a lot of my mentors have been like, yo, like if you're going to invest in something, invest in real estate. And I'm kind of like, I got Tyler and Garrett onto it now where they're saving to start buying property and stuff like that. So is that like, is, you could speak on that a little bit. Yeah. 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 So I, to be honest with you, until I met my wife, I was, I was planning on being in Miami for the rest of my life. Right. Mm-hmm. I have, I have like some of the bestest friends possible down there. Um, I, I, I'm, you know, I'm like, they're like family, you know, my buddy Jim and Melissa, um, they're, they're absolutely like family down there. And then, uh, my buddy, um, Alex and, and his wife, Cassidy, they, they moved down, um, to Miami and now they're in Naples. Um, but I have a good core of friends down there that I can always rely on. And I, I said, I'm never going to move. I'm never going to move. And then I met somebody and she, you know, I, 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 I always joke. I say, love makes you do dumb things. And, you know, <laughs> she, uh, she moved from Las Vegas. Uh, she grew up in Rochester, uh, moved from Las Vegas uh, back to Rochester when she had a baby and, uh, you know, or two babies, I should say. And then she, um, uh, you know, we met uh, on vacation through friends and hit it off. And, you know, two, three, however many years later, I'm like, well, it looks like I'm going to be moving to Rochester. And I said, I don't want to sell my place though. I, you know, I want to rent it out. And, and the reason I want to rent it out was twofold. One, um, I, I want something, uh, to get me back there. So I'm hoping, I'm hoping that I can get back there, uh, just by, you know, saying like, well, I already have a place, you know, hopefully it's going to be paid off by the time I get down there. And, you know, that's that, uh, second thing is the, and this is where the greed comes in, right. Um, Mm -hmm. where, I said, I, I know the building across the street from me. So I'm, I'm right on the water in, in downtown Miami on Brickle. Um, so I'm right on the water and the building across the street from us on the water as well, smaller building. Um, they got bought out by a, a developer and the developer paid each unit owner two times what their apartment was worth. So I said, holy shit, you know, like that is very possible for us to, to do that. Cause they took a, I think it was a 12 story building and they ended up, uh, they're knocked it down and they're building a, I think a 26 or 28 story building. Um, so I was like, damn, if I could get double what my apartment is worth in Miami, I'm going to be living pretty comfortable. Um, <laughs> you know, so, so I, that's, that's my end goal is, is like, Hey, uh, you know, I would, I would sell today. I would sell tomorrow. I would sell a year from now, two years from now. If somebody said, Hey, here's double what it's worth. I would go ahead and say it was fun. I love it. I will take that money. I will pay off my house in Rochester. I will will put a down payment on a small place in, you know, in in Florida that my family can go visit anytime, you know? So that's, that's my end, end, end goal there. Okay. Yeah. Cause I just, uh, one of the things like, I know everyone wants, you know, they get into their career, they start making some extra money. They, and you know, life happens and they become parents yeah. or stuff like that, or they have someone I should say that 
their life isn't solely about them. It's about one day taking care of others. So people naturally just turn to look at investing and who doesn't want to have more money for the future to be able to do things. And just from, you know, things that I've been educated on from mentors that I have within the business and then obviously doing investment deals in the past myself um, and seeing like the benefits of it, it was always a conversation that other people have had of like, uh, or I should say Tyler and I um, have had about, you know, why don't they teach this, teach us any of this stuff in school? And why do we have to learn the hard way about this? Um, and yeah. then it's also kind of funny where I've had, even if Tyler has said it to me before, where like, I'm like, yo, read this, listen, this is what I've heard. Let's talk about it. And he's, always, and not, not just, I mean, it's, it's, I would say it's, it's not ignorance, but it's more so of just like uh I've never heard about this before. This he's kind of seems like a Ponzi scheme in a way. So mm-hmm. um, it took a little bit to get other people on board to be like, hey, man, like there's something here. Like if we educate ourselves, like we might be able to be millionaires one day or something like that. So we could take care of our family. Um, you know, kind of like in your opinion, why uh, do you think certain things that could be valuable and stuff like that aren't being taught in schools or at least uh, given as an option, maybe take it on the weekend as like a seminar or something like that? Yeah, I think, well, I, I, I forget who said it. It was, it was either, I think it was Warren Buffett, Jeff Bezos. So, somebody said it, maybe even Elon Musk. Somebody said, anything you want to learn, school is going to be outdated. Anything you want to learn, you can go on YouTube and find out. Um, mm-hmm. And, and I, I fully believe that. Um, and, and you have, listen, you have the Grant Cardones. You have all these people that are glorifying real estate and saying like, you should do this, you should do that. And, and uh, don't get me wrong, Grant, great dude, you know, very, very smart, uh, invested very, very wisely. Um, you know, uh, but I, I look at it and I say it, it should be in schools and why it's not is because people don't like change, right? People do not like change. And you have who, who, who is always on school boards, who is always, uh, you know, in, 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 in high uh, positions in schools, uh, older people that have followed a career uh, and, and I'm not, I'm not putting anything against them. I'm just saying it's, they followed a career uh, and, and said like, this is, this is what you have to do to get here. Um, and then that's it. And, and most people in schools have pensions and things like that. So they're not worried about investing money in real estate or investing money in the market or whatever you know to me i think that it is the generation my generation your generation like i think it's i think it's it's the younger uh generations that have to you know demand that change that Mm -hmm. have to you know put uh put that you know put that seed in in the pot and watch it uh, you know, watch it blossom. So hopefully one day it can be, I think, I mean, I've had this on, on my podcast a few times with a couple different people. I think that, you know, they should teach you how to uh, balance a checkbook. Uh, they should teach you how to go ahead and do your taxes. Uh, they should teach you how to go ahead and, you know, build your resume and, and what is going to look good. What is not going to look good. It shouldn't just all be about college, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, it shouldn't it like and that's that ultimately I don't know about you but in high school that's ultimately what you strive to do is you strive to go to college and then when you're in college you learn more shit that you don't use <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, no exactly you know so like I'm I'm a big proponent you know like look at you can you can go ahead and pick up you know books like Tim Ferriss tools of the titans or 
you know, own, own the day uh, by Aubrey Marcus, you know, all these different books awaken the, you know, the giant within by Tony Robbins. You could, you could buy all these books and read and learn stuff. Um, a, a, a buddy I went to college with, he, him and I, he called me when, when he found out that we were pregnant and he goes, Hey man, you know, we started talking and then we were just talking about, you know, books and, and things like that. He goes, I, I got, I got a good book I'm reading right now. Really? He goes, yeah. And he said, it's a, a Tony Robbins one. He goes, I'm actually doing audio books. He's like, cause I hate reading. I said, yeah, me too. And he <laughs> said, mastering the art of money by Tony Robbins. And I said, okay. He goes, he goes, Jeremy, it changed the way I look at everything. He goes, and, and I'm now I'm starting to think, okay, I got to do this. I got to do that. Now, listen, there are, you know, like I have friends that have made, you know, hundreds of thousands, if not millions in Bitcoin. I have mm-hmm. friends like I'm, I'm the, the low man on, on the totem pole when it comes to money with my friends. Like all my friends have, you know, investment properties, all my friends have you know, all these different things and, and on a, on a higher scale, but uh, I do what I can, you know, like you said, save a little bit here and there and, you know, invest it. Um, real estate is a great investment. I'm, I'm a big fan of it. Uh, but it's, it's not for everybody because I, you know, I, I, for me, it's not, it's not worth, uh, you know, strap. So you have to have it, you know, and you have to be able to, if, if your renter can't pay that month rent, mm-hmm. you better be able to cover it. Otherwise, you know, you're, you even more so for me i look at and i say like uh yes investment properties are great but you know put some money aside for that and then i I, i've talked to friends where maybe we we have four of us we go in and we just pool our money you know like so if you tyler and garrett pool your money and you go ahead and say okay i saved up 20 you saved up 20 you saved up 20 now we have 60 grand we can put as a down payment on a you know flex and then you can go ahead and say, now we can go ahead and, you know, and, uh, and rent it out and, and, and you know, live a, a okay life. And then between the three of you, let's say the mortgage is, you know, 1200 bucks between the three of you. That's not bad. like if, if, if somebody doesn't pay, you go ahead and say, okay, you know, we have to take it out of pocket. That sucks, but we can do it because it's divided by three. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah, no, uh, that's, yeah, no, I completely agree. I just wanted to, you know, you being a little bit older than me, I just wanted to see what your thought and perspective was on that. Cause, yeah. um, I've been hearing this type of shit since, geez, before I could probably since the time I could speak, just cause like my mom had me when she was 17, raised me completely on her own. So everything that she had to learn the hard way, she was always just like in my ear about, um, and kind of like when I was a senior in high school, I had to take a math credit. Um, I had to take one more math credit to fulfill my schedule, even though I already hit the region's New York state requirements. And my guidance counselor was like, Hey, take calculus. And my mom was like, well, why would he not take life math? And she's like, well, it looks better for college. And my mom's like, okay, well, you know, he already has a scholarship to go to college. So, uh, cause <laughs> I, cause I can, I played, I played lacrosse in college and I committed prior to my senior year um starting so my mom's like well that's not it's not an issue of what's going to look better in college like is this going to help them and she straight up was just like no but it just works better for college so that's why you should take it and again my mom was like well what about life math like you know maybe he can learn taxes balancing a checkbook and stuff like that and it was just like just from her being like you know what do whatever your counselor tells you to do but this is exactly how you these are things you're going to need in the real world and then kind of like when I was doing um, 
uh, I think it was like multiplication or something like that. They were having us do it some funky ass way, like the lattice method or something. And I mm. needed help with it. And my mom, this wasn't senior year. This is prior to, um, and my mom's like, what are you doing? Do it this way. And I did it the way she told me how to taught me how to do it. Probably like how your parents taught you or, you know, you teach yep. your, your kids. And, um, and the teacher gave me points off cause that wasn't how it was done. She's like, well, the answer's right, but the work's wrong. My mom's like, that makes no sense. Like what right. are you, you're like setting these kids up to fail. Yeah. Um, yeah. I, so I'll say this, I, I, I do that all the time with my boys. Um, I do that all the time with my boys where they'll bring homework home and I'll say, they'll be like, Hey, I need help with this, you know, math. And my, my wife is like really good at math. So uh-huh. I, I, I have her take care of that. But if, if she's not home, I, I have to go ahead and, and do it. And I'm like, I don't know your method because they're, they're writing down all these different things and you got to do this and you got to do that. I'm like, no, no, no. I was like, just simply go ahead and say, okay, what is this times this? Okay, that. Okay, and what is this times this? Okay, that. And then you add it up and you're good. I was like, I don't understand the whole process that you're going through. I said, but this is the same number. And, and you know, my boyfriend was like, but it's wrong. I'm like, it's not. Like, look at, and I show him on a calculator, right answer. I was like, but it's not the way that you do it. I was like, you can do it your way. I said, but I don't know your way. So I'm going to show you my way. And if you want to do it your way, you have to ask your teacher. And, and, and that's, that's, just, that's just how I do it. Because I, 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 I agree with you. Like I'm, I'm so, when it comes to just schooling in general, I, 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 give, I give all the credit. The teachers are phenomenal. I love teachers. I love that they put their heart and soul into it. Some teachers. I mean, we've all had bad teachers, right? But yes. yes. I, I've, I've been blessed throughout most of my entire academic career. I've had amazing teachers. Same. Um, it's, it's, it's been phenomenal. I've been so lucky. Uh, but at the same time, you go ahead and say, um, you know, some teachers are doing a disservice, right? And, and, mm-hmm. and not showing you the right way to do things or showing you the way to do things just because it's, it's required, but not, you know, not explaining why it's required. And, you know, I, I always laugh, everybody, everybody says it now, but it's like, when I was in middle school and high school, you know, cell phones were just coming out and, and teachers were like, you're never going to be able to carry on a calculator everywhere you go. And now on every freaking cell phone, uh, <laughs> there's, there's a calculator and there's even more. I mean, you can get a scientific calculator on your, on your phone just by hitting Google. Uh, so I, I, I laugh at that, but yeah, it's, it's a, it's a, it's, it's a touchy subject because I think that they should teach you how to do things, um, like cooking, you know, I think they should teach you how to do things like, uh, what, what, you know, basic, like workshop stuff, you know, it's embarrassing. It's embarrassing to me when I'm like, I don't know how to do this. You know, like I figure it out. I click on YouTube, I do it, but like, I'm, I'm a fucking man. I should know how to do certain things. And I don't, um, you know, but I, I YouTube it, you know, a a famous comedian, uh, Robert Kelly, he, uh, I live in New York city. I I used to uh, go to the comedy club quite often and he used to have a joke and say like, I'm not a man, I'm a dude. He's like, I don't have, (laughs) I don't have a toolbox. He's like, I, I legit, like I have something like that's still in the plastic that I get a, you know, a screwdriver out. He's like, he's like, my grandfather was a man. He's like, I'm a dude. And, and, and that's, that's the, that's the truth is most males are dudes. They're not men, you know, like I'm, I'm trying to do more manly things. Um, 
uh, with my my manly friends, right? Like I I, I got into to bow. Uh, we're, I'm gonna get into bow hunting. I got a bow. I got everything else like that. Um, uh, I'm in the process. I want to get my pistol permit and things like that. So I'm I'm doing manly things. Uh, you know, and, and everything around the house I'm doing myself, uh, with either a buddy or with YouTube and, uh, you know, kind of learning that, you know, I, I, I never had to do it because I always lived in apartments and one of the greatest things about living in apartments, it's all taken care of for you. Yes, you pay for it, but it's all taken care of for you, right? Maintenance fees might be high, but I don't have to worry about gardening, grass cutting, pool maintenance. I don't have to worry about any of that. Now, as a homeowner, I got it. <laughs> yeah, no, I'm definitely, I definitely fall hard into that dude category because uh, I've lived in apartments my entire life with my mom. So, and then when it comes time to like do handiwork per se, I call my uncles. If they're not available, then it's like shit. Guess we're paying someone for it. Yeah, but I don't, I don't take any, I don't take any. Uh, it, it sounds like you don't either, which is good. But I don't take any shame in that. Like I had some friends that are just like how are you in real estate, but you don't know how to, you know, do X, Y, and Z. I'm like, dude, cause I didn't, I, I don't know. I didn't grow up with a dad that was always doing things. Like I didn't, I don't know. Like I think the only tool I have is a screwdriver, maybe. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. And, uh, but yeah, that's, and, and like, that's the thing. Like that's how my mom is. My mom's like, John, like I, obviously I can afford a house and afford all those things, but like what, why I just, I prefer someone else to do it. Cause I don't really want to do it. And if I got to pay money for it, then so be it. <laughs> yeah. Well, and, and that's the funny thing is like growing up, I mean, my, my dad did everything too. And then my grandfather, he, he was a mechanic. He owned his own shop at one point. And, you know, so I, I, I've been around that. I just never, I never took the time to learn it. And my dad, I mean, he was awesome. You know, my mom and dad are, are, are great. And, uh, and they, my dad helps me out now. Like he, he, he's coming up this weekend for the gender reveal party and, you know, he, he, he'll help me, you know, in the garden, not the garden, but like in the landscaping, he'll help me with different things. He helps me hang stuff and build stuff and stuff like that. But, uh, I never took the time to learn it. You know, like I was always like, I want to play or when I got older, I was playing hockey. I was in musicals. I was in, you know, all these different things, all these sports. And I, I, I focused on that and, uh, and then moving away at 17, you know, that kind of cuts into when, you know, you really do have that male bonding with your dad where you can, you know, go ahead and build stuff together and, and, and really learn that stuff. I mean, but I know the basics I can get, I can muddle my way through. You know, I, I know how to change a tire. I know how to fix things, you know, uh, small things around the house. I know how to hang shit. Um, but, uh, yeah, it's, it's, it's a, it's, it's, it's something that I, I think is uh, funny. And, and I had one buddy who I had on my podcast and he said, Jeremy, he goes, it's not the school's responsibility to teach you that it's your parents. And um, he goes, so like all the things that you're talking about, managing a checkbook, taxes, building stuff, you know, cooking, all that, it's your parents that should be teaching. And I, and I, I agree with that. And, and I think, you know, I, I have picked up some things from my parents, but it's not always easy. You know, both of my parents worked, um, hell, my dad worked two jobs, you know, and my mom worked, uh, just, you know, to support us and, 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 you know, live a good lifestyle. So when is it, you know, you're in school for a certain amount of time. Why can't they add that to the curriculum? Is my opinion, they should be able to add it to the curriculum and really, you know, kind of set an example of, of how you should be, you know, manners should come from home, right? Please. Thank you. All that. And I try to teach my boys that right now, mm -hmm. uh, but 
for me, I'm, I'm, I don't know. I, I'm, I'm, a, I'm a fan of, uh, of, of revamping how education is and, and what education is. No, I completely agree with you because they're, um, and even Tyler would tell you that we had a couple classes together at Mercyhurst and he would get so mad at me because I would never pay attention. But I started doing real estate when I was a sophomore in college and then obviously being around business minded people and constantly hearing from them like, yo, what you're doing in school is bullshit. You don't need to be doing that. Um, you know what I mean? So like, yeah, I always, always like, okay, I have a good sense of self. I have always known like who I was, what I wanted to do, even if it was like completely against the grain and no one else supported it or no one saw like what I saw. So I took, I say it's a risk um, because I don't want to be completely disrespectful institution of college and education but like Tyler would be like why aren't you paying attention in class this is important I'm like dude I just got a membership for the exam I don't actually need to know this shit like this shit's not going to benefit me in any way shape or form in life and it's right. funny because they they weren't like they were just basic classes that you had to take that to get in you know to it was the elective that you need to fulfill two requirements for or something like that like it wasn't anything serious and it's a lot of I've had friends um, including Tyler be on the podcast and we've talked about education and stuff like that and they've even said that like hey like I used to think you were crazy like I used to think that you were just like kind of like an asshole because you were just like I don't need this kind of like I'm better than this but like as I come to realize like it's not like you were just sitting there fucking around. Like you were like, I was always on Google or I I would have like my, you know, the old, like old school, uh, Apple earphones, one in the sleeve and you have your hand on your ear, pretending like you're a little tired in class. <laughs> yeah. But you're really yep. listening to something else. Um, be watching YouTube videos and teaching myself about investing, teaching myself about these things. Um, and that's kind of like where I get off on the whole, like in a way, I think, college in some facet is a scam only because I say scam from the economics of it. Like a lot of schools are very expensive and just to get a basic education, you don't necessarily need to go to those schools. However, by going to those schools, being associated with that degree from that school, you essentially have a key into that networking and then that networking will get you places. However, on the back end of it, if say you're paying five, $600 a month in student loans, that five six hundred dollars a month could be put into an investment account that compounds annually, and who knows? Maybe in twenty to thirty years, you have anywhere from like say five hundred thousand to almost a million just sitting in a bank that you could use as retirement. Um, so just just things like that, um, I think at least should be involved in the curriculum some way, shape, or form. However, though, we both know that if that was the case, colleges wouldn't make money, teachers wouldn't get paid. So it's like uh, it's bigger than what I'm just saying it is right at the moment. Of course, of course. And, and, and for me, I, I agree 100% with what you're saying. I think, um, you know, when you look at it uh, from, from a, an outsider standpoint, you go ahead and say, all right, what, uh, what, what does Harvard get you? Uh, if you let, let's just go ahead and say you get just like a regular, you know, bachelor's degree from Harvard. What does that get mm -hmm. you? Um, it's getting you in the door to get the, 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 the interviews. And then afterwards, I don't care if, you know, like right now, if, if, if you go up against somebody that graduated from, from Harvard and you graduated from Mercyhurst um, and, and you're, I don't know how many years you're out of college, but let's just say it's 10 years you're out of college. You're going to go ahead and say, okay, yeah, that's nice. They went to Harvard, but what have they done since they left Harvard? So if mm -hmm. your resume looks better than that person's resume, you're going to get the job. It doesn't matter where you go to school. Uh, look at any 
major CEO or business icon like Elon Musk, Jeff Bezos, um, Warren Buffett, any of those guys, where did they go to school? You know, and, 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 and uh, Elon Musk said, he goes, he goes, I didn't go to Harvard, but people that work for me have. And, and, and that's, it's true. Like you don't need to go to one of these Ivy league schools and get that education to be successful. You can be successful in, in, in your own sense uh, by going to, you know, what a community college, you can go to no college at all. You know, it's, it all depends uh, on, on what you, your, what your motivators are and, and, and what you define as success. And that's why, you know, taking it back to the podcast, one of my uh, questions that I wanted to ask that I never did is how do you define success? Because, uh, you know, it could be that you define success as, hey, I have a roof over my head. I have hot meal, you know, three times a day and I, you know, drive a car. You know, that's that's success to me is, you know, it, it, success is different for everybody. So when people say, oh, he's not successful, I'm like, eh, I call bullshit on that. That person's successful in his own mind because of what he has accomplished already. Um, so it's 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 very interesting to me. And, and that's why I I did the whole Monday motivation thing, because I, I have people that are you know professional athletes. I have people that are doctors that are, you know, whatever. Um, and then I'm like. Yeah, but you know what? I also have, you know, the average Joe that just started up a company and it might not be, you know, making millions, but it's a successful business because they're making their ends meet. They're doing everything they want to do in life. And, and that's success to me, you know? So I, I agree with you. I'm, I'm, I'm on board with, you know, revamping, uh, you know, colleges, especially since they, they cost just way too much. Wait, of course. Yeah. And well, and the thing is, too, is like to kind of like finish this up a little bit is mm-hmm. I I just and I don't know if it's I have a jaded view, if I have a biased view. I don't know exactly what it is. But like for me, I've always known that like, hey, yes, money doesn't buy you happiness, of course, but it can buy you everything else. Obviously, if you're miserable, like I always say to my friends, because like when I talk about money and stuff like that, my friends are always like, well, some people, not all are like the, the generic money doesn't buy happiness. I'm like, okay, yeah, but let me ask you this. If you were miserable, no matter if you were rich or poor, would you rather have a dollar or a thousand dollars in your pocket? And I never get an answer, even though me and you both know what that answer is. <laughs> oh yeah. Uh, I, and that's, that's a very cliche thing to say is, 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 you know, uh, money doesn't buy happiness money. I mean, listen, <laughs> I, I think, I think the movie boiler room sums it up. He, he said, uh-huh. he said, you know, look at the big fucking smile on my face and I'm, you know, I'm rich and look at the big smile on my face. Like it's, it doesn't buy happiness, but it helps, <laughs> you know, like it, no, it helps. Yeah. So yeah. I, I'm, listen, you're, you're, you're absolutely right. Like I, I would much rather be ha- poor. Uh, I'm sorry. I would much rather be rich and miserable than poor and miserable. Absolutely. Yeah. A hundred percent. Cause uh, I always said that like, if you're rich, but miserable, like you have the funds to maybe donate to a charity or help a family out. And maybe that will spark happiness in you. You know what I mean? Versus, mm-hmm. uh, fuck, I don't, I don't, I can only afford McDonald's tonight for dinner. I'm that broke. <laughs> yeah. But, um, what is, because you did bring it up. What is, um, what do you, what is success to you? And before you answer that, uh, kind of going off of 
because I tell Tyler all the time that if I didn't use it for this podcast and if I didn't use it for real estate, I would delete all my social media accounts and I wouldn't have social media at all because I genuinely believe uh, wholeheartedly that social media is obviously we all know this, but we I don't know if we necessarily believe in it, that it is the biggest facade and fake reality that's out there. And it's nothing more than just curated highlights. And I feel as though that on an overarching theme that since we are consumed by it, a lot of people get their self, their self-worth and self-gratification from there. And unless they have something to share or something to post or something that makes them look like they're, they're doing something, a lot of people don't view themselves as, as successful. So like, with that being said, like, what is success to you? Yeah. So I, that's, that's a great question. And that's, that's a question that, um, like I said, it's, it's different for everybody. For me, uh, I, I look at success on, on three levels, right? Or actually four levels. I look at success, am I healthy, right? Because mm-hmm. uh, you could be the richest man in the world. Look at um, Steve Jobs, richest man. And we're not the richest man, but one of the richest men in the world who wasn't healthy, died, can't take your money with you. Sorry. Um, so uh, if I'm healthy, I'm successful. That's one. Two, if I can provide for me and my family, the life that, that I want to live. Right. And I'm not like, listen, I, I have, I have friends, literally I have friends that make, you know, $4 million a year. And I have friends that make, you know, 20,000 a year. Um, it, it, it doesn't matter to me what you make. Everybody has their own goals. Everybody has, I just want to be able to provide for my family. And right now I'm able to do that. So that's success. Um, so health providing for my family, and then, I, like, for me, success is doing what you want to do when you want to do it. So I created a podcast. I do that whenever I want. If I want to go golfing, I go golfing. If I want to go ahead and work out, I work out. Um, yes, I do have responsibilities, but I have the freedom in my, my schedule. I have the freedom overall to go ahead and and do these things. And that to me is success. Because if you go ahead, I, I have friends that work, you know, 60, 80 hours a week, and they're making killer money. And they will tell you, I, I can't, I can't even spend my money. I, I have no time to spend any of my money, which is a great mm-hmm. thing. But, you know, you get hit by a bus tomorrow. What good was it? So I, I have the happy medium, right? I'm not I don't, I don't make too much money, but I don't make too little money. And I'm able to do the things I want to do now versus, you know, oh, well, I'll do it when I retire. Really? You're going to put it off until you retire? Because, you know, I, I, you see it all the time. People retire and then they die a year or two later. And, you know, you're just like, they never got to experience the things that they always wanted to experience. They kept putting it off until retirement. That's why, you know, I... I took my parents to Sicily for uh, my buddy's wedding. They were invited. Uh, they're like, ah, I don't know if we can go. I was like, I was like, I got you. You know, I have a ton of miles. I was like, let's do it. So not only did we go to the wedding for, I think it was seven or 10 days, but we also traveled Italy for another five or six days. Um, and that was their first time that they went outside the U.S. other than Jamaica. They went to Jamaica for their honeymoon a long, long time ago. And now they got the travel bug. Uh, you know, they, I, you know, we've gone to Aruba for my dad's, uh, you know, I think 60th birthday. Uh, we went to, uh, 
um, I, I'm sorry, went to the Bahamas for my dad's 60th birthday on a cruise, went to Aruba for my wedding. Uh, now they have the travel bug. They want, they, they can't wait to travel. So that's success. In, in my opinion, if my, like for, for my parents, success for my parents is being able to go ahead and um, provide for their kids, which they did. And they did a great job. Uh, then it's, can they go ahead and spend time with their grandchildren, which they do, and they are awesome at it. And then can they travel, which they are starting to, you know, obviously COVID puts a damper on it, but that's that, you know, it doesn't matter the size of your house. It doesn't matter what car you drive. You look in my driveway right now, I have a 2001 Acura MDX and I have a 2008 Audi A4. Um, both are rust free because they came up from Florida, but, <laughs> but, uh, and they look good, but the bottom line is I'm, I'm not, I'm not one to go ahead and, and say like, Hey, I need the nice car. I need this. Now, would it be nice to drive a nicer car? Sure. But I like having no car payments. I like, you know, literally just driving them until they die and then buying a car and it'll be a newer car. Um, that to me, success isn't defined about what you own. It's by what you do. Mm -hmm. uh, and, and I've, I've, I've read a couple, you know, things and, and where they say like, Hey, instead of buying your kids, all these toys and that they never use buy them experiences. And, and I, I'm like, I'm trying to move towards that. You know, my wife and I, like, instead of buying the, the boys, uh, these extravagant, like birthday gifts where it's just like things that they're going to use for, you know, six days and then forget about it. Uh, you know, we took them to Great Wolf Lodge for each of their birthdays. And then, you know, yeah, we had a birthday party and everything and they got toys from, you know, family and friends, but from us, they get, they get experiences now. And that's, that's the way I'm trying to go. Of course. And do you think that that comes from, um, the whole like money thing about, you know, saving for retirement and not really, you know, doing a lot of things. Do you think that that comes from like uh, people's parents or do you think that just comes straight out of fear? Because I hear both sides. Like I hear people being like, like when I, um, prior to the pandemic, like I was always traveling, always doing stuff and people would hit me up and be like, dude, do you ever work? And it's like, yeah, I work all the time. Like I just don't work like a normal nine to five. And I like to spend my weekends exploring and doing other things. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Or like, if you do do those things, people get the notion that you're just blowing all your money or you have to be making a crazy amount of money, which, you know, me and you both know that you could travel a lot very cheaply if you're smart yeah. about it. Um, yeah. So like, just like your honest opinion, like, where do you think that th that notion comes from with some people? Uh, you... I think, I think, I think it's, it's, you know, it's, it's passed down, right. You know, when, uh, when my father's father, so my grandfather and, and his, you know, so my great grandfather, when they started working, they had a, a goal and that was to retire and, you know, live a comfortable life. Traveling wasn't uh, a big ticket on their, their, uh, you know, to-do list. And, uh, my dad, he'll, he'll admit it. You know, he was like, I, I never wanted to go overseas. I never wanted to do any of that. Like I'm happy where I'm at. You know, he never wanted me to even move to New York city for college. And now he'll tell you he's, he's the first one to admit, you know, like I was wrong. Like it was the best thing he could have done. And, and that's, that's awesome that he he's learned, but he, you know, when you grow up, you instantly take on what your parents are, are, thinking, doing, you know, you're, you're learning from them. And, and, and I'll by no means am I an expert in parenting, but I can tell you that, you know, growing up, 
my parents were great, but they were never super adventurous. You know, my dad, he's worked one job for 20 something years. Then they got, they got, um, uh, it was, it was a company that, uh, they went on strike, so they broke the union. And then he luckily was had two jobs at that time. So he just worked at that other job for 20-something years. And then recently it got bought out in Buffalo, and they said, we're going to move our, 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 our stuff uh, to Carolinas where there's no unions. So then now my dad got another job, and he's like, you know, this is his third job, and he's been working since he's been 18, you know. Uh, so And he's 64. So you, you look at that and it's his third job ever. And I look at myself now and I say, holy shit, I am doing the same thing. Like I, I've legit had one big boy job since I graduated college, but it's been great to me. And that's why I've stayed there. And my dad, you know, looking at my dad and my mom, they, they, they think loyalty is the best way to go. But then mm-hmm. you look at, you look at like some of my friends and they've hopped from freaking job to job to job to job to job every three years. And yes, they're making more money because every time they moved, they made an additional like, you know, $10,000 maybe. So mm-hmm. compared to me where, you know, you get the annual raises and things like that. Uh, yeah, they might be making, you know, 40 grand more than me. But to me, I, I look at it and I say, hey, you know, there's something to say for loyalty and there's something to say for, um, you know, knowing how to do your job well where you're at. So mm-hmm. when, when I say that, I, I, same thing with retirement. When, when people go ahead and say, you got to save for retirement, 401k, IRA, all that stuff, you should, 100%. But that shouldn't be what your goal is. You shouldn't just go ahead and say, okay, that's my only thing, right? You should look at, like you, like you said, real estate. Like you said, you know, traveling and doing things that you want to do uh, now because you never know, especially with all the shit that's going on in the past year right? Mm-hmm. With COVID. You never know. Some people died because of COVID and some people it barely affected. So if you were the one that died, that sucks. You didn't get the chance to go to, you know, uh, Germany. You didn't get the chance to go to, you know, Alaska that you wanted, the Alaskan cruise that you wanted. So I would say, go ahead, be smart with your money. Like it seems like you are and, mm-hmm. you know, invest or save, but also live your life. I, I, have, I have a really good friend. His name's Joey. He actually just got married, I think, last week or two weeks ago. He, um, this dude would travel nonstop. He would work his ass off for like, you know, four, six months. And then he would, he would go back. He was in, in Fort Lauderdale. He would go back to Boston, live there for a couple months. He lived in New York City for, I think, like four months. And, he, and I go, what are you doing? Are you just blown? He goes, he goes, I, I haven't saved anything. He goes, I'm literally working and I'm having fun. I'm going out, I'm doing what I want to do. And, and that's where the, like, that's where I, I kind of agree with him, but I kind of like, eh, yeah, but sooner or later you're going to get old and you're not going to want to work, you know, so many hours uh, just to go ahead and, and party. Uh, but now that he's settling down, I don't know if he's changing his ways, but he, uh, he was amazing. And it was, it was inspirational at the time because I was younger and he was younger and he's doing this. And I'm like, I have a, you know, a nine to five, I'm, I'm busting my ass. And then all of a sudden I look at him and he's, he's traveling, you know, all these fun places. And, and we would, we would do all these Spartan races together, these adventure races, which were 
awesome. And I met a lot of cool friends doing that, but I was like, dude, you gotta, you gotta slow down. <laughs> but he, he was, he was, he was the opposite of, of what you, you know, said you were doing, you know, he was, mm-hmm. he was just you know saying like, I'm just going to have fun. I'm living for the moment, which was awesome. Uh-huh. And you, on the other hand, you said like, I'm, I'm doing the responsible thing, but I'm also going to enjoy my life, which I, I think is the way to go. Yeah, no, I, my, my thing is just like, well, before we get into Spartan races, cause I definitely want you to talk about that. Um, my thing was more so of like, I came home from school one day and I was like, mom, like, what's like, what's a nine to five. <laughs> and she was just like, well, it's what that's like the, the normal hours, like 9am to 5pm. That's what people work. And I, I was, you know, a naive little kid thinking like, as soon as you get out of school, like you have the ultimate freedom to do whatever the hell you want. And she basically broke it down for me that it's like, in a way, it's similar to school. Like, you have a job to do, you get paid a certain amount. And if you're not the one calling the shots, and you're not the boss, then you have expectations upon you, you can't just leave, you can't just do those things. However, if you are the boss, um, that takes a lot of risk, that takes a lot of calculated risk, and that takes a lot of investment on your behalf. So um for me it was just more so ever since that time when I was really young I was like okay I want to be able to you know like you said do whatever the hell I want when I want so I had to you know start mapping out and this kind of goes back into like the me not paying attention in college classes because I was more focused on like okay what type of life do I want to be living when I'm 35 what type of life do I want to be living when I'm 40 and then like backtrack it to present day to kind of figure out how I can get to that point yeah, I mean, listen, that is, you know, that's, that's what most people should do is they should take a look. Uh, don't chase money, chase, chase. No, freedom. yes. Yeah, you no, know, that's, that's, that's what most people should do. And any, any advice I would ever give somebody when they say, like, I'm going to go to college, I'm going to do this, I'm going to do that. Okay. Great. So when you get out, what do you want to do? Oh, you want to be a doctor? Okay, cool. You want to be a doctor for what reason? I had so many friends that wanted to be doctors just so they were rich. And then I, I mean, the girl I dated, she became a doctor because she wanted to help people. She didn't really care about money. Yes. She, she liked to, you know, go ahead and do things and whatnot, but she didn't really care about money and, and, and all that. So she was like, I'm doing it because I want to, you know, I want to, I want, I want to, I want to help people. I want to save people. I want to do this. And I was like, that's awesome. That's what you should be doing. You should be doing what you love. Because if you do what you love, you're gonna, the money's going to come. And mm-hmm. it's, so, it's so stupid to hear people say that, but it's so true. No, absolutely. And, you know, get to, spinning off from that, <laughs> you mentioned the Spartan races, and you said that you're successful if your health's taken care of. So um, you were once top five in the Spartan races ranked. So how, one, how'd you even get into that, and what's that all about? Yeah, so uh, – same same chick I dated. Uh, <laughs> she, uh, her, and I broke up. We were engaged at one point. We broke up, and I was like, and uh, it just so happened my good buddy, the the guy that owned the bar in New York City, he he was like, hey, I'm gonna be in Miami, um, and he knew I was going through a tough time. He's like, he's like, meet me at this race. He's like, run it, and uh, and we'll we'll, we'll talk after. I said, All right. So we did, and. Uh, Man, it was it was addicting. Um, it was addicting from the start because uh, one, it's got that like group mentality, but it's very competitive. And and for me, I 
I love I'm I'm a very competitive person. You know, yes, mm-hmm. if you play board games and do anything, I'm I'm like always trying to win. And uh the funny thing to me is that when it's all said and done, uh, you know, I I do everything with consistency and, 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 and that. And when I was once ranked, yes, in the top five, uh, I it was it was because I was consistent. I was consistently finishing in the top 10 of, of the races when they were stadium races. It wasn't like the, the muddy ones. It was the stadium races. So I was finishing in the top 10 always. And then I was always going to the races. So you would have people that finished one, you know, one or two and in the top three, they finished one or two races. So they were better than me, but they never kept going to the race. So I completed all five, like there was, you had to complete five out of the seven races and, you know, you get points for where you finish. So, I mean, granted the best, the best guy wasn't even ranked in the top five because he didn't show up to many of the races. He just showed up to two, won them both and didn't win, you know, the rest of the points that he needed to, to finish there. So, you know, it's, it's, it's fun. It's uh it's, it's something that I will always remember, and I, I became obsessed with it for a while. Uh, my friend will, will tell you. My friends were on, like, the Spartan Pro team where they got paid. They got paid to go to the races. They pay, got paid when they won the races. They got their travel paid for, all that. Uh, and then my buddy would tell me I'm on the Spartan Consumer Pro team where I would go to every race, pay for it, and then I would – not make any money because I would only fish in the top 10, not the top three. And uh-huh. then I would, and then I would buy shit and he would be like, you're on the consumer pro team. You just buy everything. I was like, thanks. So, <laughs> That's hilarious. Was, uh, I was in the best shape of my life. I, you know, and I'm, I'm slowly getting back there, but it was, uh, it was from, I want to say 2000 and 2013 to like 2016, 17. Okay. I, I did that. Yeah, it was, um, uh, it was crazy. You don't you don't do it anymore. Um, I you know what I I do it uh, every so often. Uh, me and my buddies are signed up for the twenty four hour world's toughest mutter in Las Vegas this year. Uh, me and three of my buddies are doing that uh, as a team. So you have to run as many loops of a five mile obstacle course in the Las Vegas desert uh, for twenty four hours to see how many how many miles you can complete. Uh, I've done 24-hour races before. I've done, uh, I think it was Battle Frog 24 in Miami. Uh, I, I think I, I did 55 or 60 miles. Um, and then I did, I just did, uh, two years ago, I did a uh, the Beast of Burden Ultra Marathon. It was a 50-mile uh, race, uh, running race, just running uh, along the Erie Canal. Um, and, and that was fun. That was in February, which was cold as balls. Um, I had a hydration pack on all the water froze. So it was that cold. <laughs> it's just like, oh, well, thank God it froze. It froze for the last like four miles. So it was, it was okay. I, I survived. <laughs> um, That's not, yeah. Yeah. So, but it was, uh, my, my running career has been, uh, crazy. My fitness career has been crazy. I, uh, um, I was part owner of a gym called Epic Hybrid Training, um, the one in Miami. Uh, mm-hmm. We had to close that one down due to the pandemic and everything else like that. But 
uh there's a couple all over you know there's like one or two in new york there's one in dc one in connecticut uh there's uh, two in california so uh every every time they would open it up uh my buddy started the tradition of having a 24-hour fitness challenge and it was you would do like five or eight things and then you would all of a sudden uh you know you, you did it as many times as you could so like one was a spear throw one was monkey bar traverse one was uh, a heavy uh, carry the other one was a a wall traverse and like uh, so it's all these different things and man doing it for 24 hours your arms your legs your like just everything gets shredded and just torn up so it was uh it's fun uh, i'll tell you i am i am an adventure junkie and mm-hmm. if there's an adventure i'm I, you know I, i'd be willing to sign up for it so like uh, and, and most of my friends know that. So they'll, they'll be like, Hey, you want to do this? I'm like, yeah, let's do it. <laughs> so that's where I'm at with that. So I, I still, I'm, I, you know, I'm training, um, you know, I get workouts in, uh, past, you know, two weeks now I've been running three days a week with a weight vest on and going at least three to, to five miles. Uh, and then I work out, uh, you know, three days a week. And I, I just adopted the, uh, the David Goggins workout, which is oh boy, uh, stupid, <laughs> stupid workout. It's a uh, uh, hundred squats, a hundred um, deadlifts. It was a hundred pushups, or not pushups, a hundred uh, bench press, a hundred rows, a hundred overhead presses, and a hundred pull-ups. Uh, I've done that. I started that last week, and I did it twice. Oh my god, I'm sore as shit. And I only do it with fifty-five pounds. Um, this week I'm going to do it with 60 pounds just mm-hmm. to, I'm going to up it, but it's brutal and pull-ups. I just do straight pull-ups. I don't do kipping or anything. And I, I cut it down from hundred. I just did 25. I'm going to try to do 30 this week and work my way up to hundred. So yeah, Tyler hates David Gocky. <laughs> yeah, does he really? Yeah, you got to give him shit for it, or you got to just send him like a David Goggins like motivational oh. clip or something. Oh, and if now, you now really, you told me I'm gonna... yeah, if you really want to piss him off, you send him something about David Goggins because uh, one of the group chats we have, we always like send shit in there. Um, and he, anytime David Goggins gets put in there, he's just like, I fucking can't stand this dude. Like, just shut the fuck up and run. No one cares about your story. <laughs> oh, dude, <laughs> I don't know so if you're into mad. it, but, uh, get, get the audio book. Uh, you can't hurt me by David Goggins. It's amazing. It's amazing. Yeah. Um, yeah, no, I liked a lot of his stuff, but it's, uh, I don't want to say this. I like that. He doesn't give a fuck. He's just like, look, yep. I'm saying what I say. And if you don't like it, tough fucking shit. Yep. Because I think that there's uh that's that's been blurred in society nowadays. Like there's a way to go about things, but at the same time, sometimes you just need to say it like it is. Right. Oh, agreed. A hundred percent. He uh, and what what I what I like about him is he he's one he's a badass. Two, he's gonna go ahead and do it, and he's he wants to motivate people. So if you want if you want to be motivated, great. If not, he doesn't give a shit about you. You know, like if 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 you don't like him, he he's not gonna lose any sleep. He's gonna still be doing his thing. So yeah. I, that's what I like. I mean, I like him. I like Jocko. I like, you know, all those, all those guys, uh, that, that are, are crazy and, and do some fun shit, you know, Tim Kennedy, all those guys. I love them. Uh, Cameron um, Haynes is one of them too. Cam Haynes. Actually, I have, uh, I have, uh, his, his release for, for bow shooting. I have his mm-hmm. release and it says, it says keep hammering. 
Yeah, it, it's uh, it's funny because I saw a um, before we wrap it up here, I saw a tweet like he posted something um, that was borderline political. I don't know exactly what it was, and he posted like the DM that someone sent him that was just basically like, uh, "Hey, hey Cam, like love following you, love you know your inspiration, all that shit." But you know, you have a pretty big following. And I think that it is your obligation to, you know, say this or say that basically like, you know, kind of like virtual signaling, getting him to like, Mm -hmm. just agree with what the crowd was saying. I don't remember exactly what the issue was. And he responded back to this person. And then he put the response on his story. And it was like, that has an issue with me. And he basically was just like, hey, thanks. I appreciate it. But uh, let me give you a word of uh, I can't even speak. Let me give you a word of advice. He's like, stick the fucking off. And he basically yeah. was just like, yo, <laughs> like, like, yeah. And like the person was like, I'm unfollowing you. And he said something like, again, stick the fucking off. Like, and he basically was just saying that it's just like, dude, like, you don't even know me. Why are you coming at me? Just because yeah. I'm, not, I'm not going a- along with what the crowd is saying. Um, and then he had something, I don't know if it was him or if he reposted it, but then I saw something else that he had about how it's just like, yo, like there's people that will post shit on social media that don't even agree with it, but they just want to feel included in like a group or not be looked at as a bad person. So they'll just be like, oh yeah, I agree with this. You know what I mean? And it was just funny seeing someone that has a big following like him, um, just in David Goggins or even like a Rogan in some ways, just being like, look, I don't give a fuck if you like me or not. I'm still going to say it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And, and that's, and that's important is to not just, you know, bend at the knee when, when, when people disagree with you or think that you should do something else. Like you need to stand up. If you don't stand behind something, if you don't mm-hmm. have that line in the sand, then, then what are you, you know, what are you doing? No, uh, exactly. So I, I'm, I'm, I'm a big fan of that. I, I love that, you know, people will go ahead and stand up and if they lose followers, they lose followers, but they're not going to lose any sleep over it. You know, they don't give a shit what people think uh, as long as their, their message is staying true to them. And I think that that's an important thing to relay to every kid out there is like, Hey, if you're going to go ahead and uh, you know, and, and be a, a quote unquote influencer, you know, don't go ahead and, and, and sway one way or the other. Uh, just because somebody says something, you know, it's, it's usually the vocal minority, uh, you know, that is, is, is the one that's, that's, that's to change your opinion. You know, mm-hmm. I, I'm, I'm not big on social media. I only do it for the podcast really. Um, yes. I post some things about the kids and, and my wife, but uh, mm-hmm. other than that, I'm not like, I used to share all the time, you know, race stuff and fitness stuff and all that stuff. But I, I was like, you know what? I'm just going to do my podcast thing and some family stuff. And that's it. Uh, otherwise, I, I agree with you. I think that uh, people are way consumed with social media and want to focus. Mm-hmm. And, and they think that social media is life, uh, which is not yeah. the case, you know, because social media only shows you, like you said, a glimpse of your life and, and most people only show the good parts right you know like people don't show holy shit my my arm's broken in half uh you know and 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 well they might be like hey <laughs> yeah yeah if they think they're gonna get more likes they, they might but, but yeah most of the time it's not it's not the negative things it's the positive things that people are posting like hey look i just got a new car awesome you know i'm, I'm happy for you and and i will like it but what about, you know, the shitty day that you had two days ago and you were thinking about, uh, you know, 
you know, running away, you know, that sort of thing. Like you, you also, exactly. yeah. you don't know what people are going through. And Mike Tyson said it best. Social media has really allowed people to get comfortable with saying things without the fear of getting punched in the mouth. And, and I, I see it all the time. Uh, I, I know a lot of friends of mine uh, that have very, very different political views or very, very different, you know, views in general about everything. Uh, but I, I still keep them on as friends because I don't think it's a good idea to only be in your own echo chamber. So what I do is I, I look at it and I either say they're batshit crazy or, you know, I don't say anything to them, but I just think, no, of course. like yeah. they're batshit crazy or, or, Oh, you know what? They actually bring up a good point. Um, mm-hmm. You know, and I, 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 I like that. I, I had a guest on, uh, I, you know, I knew him in high school, weren't really close. Um, he, he told me, he reached out to me. I was like, Hey, if you're ever interested in having, you know, a mid-level you know, manager on blah, blah, semi-successful, he's like, let me know. I said, all right. So I had him on and then I had him on again for whatever Wednesday after the Monday motivation. And, you know, I found out he's like super different politically, super different in a lot of different mm-hmm. stances, but I love having a conversation with him because it makes me think. You know, if you literally just sit around and talk to people that think the same way as you, you're going to have this false sense that the whole world is just like you and, 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 and that you're the only ones that are right. So I love having this guy on and, and talking to him and, and, and just overall, you know, listening to what he has to say. He's a very smart individual and, and, and a lot of points are very valid. But, you know, I also have a lot of other friends that are very smart individuals that, are, you know, think the way I think and, and do things the way I do. And I'm like, you know, so it's, it's a nice balance, but uh, social media will, will bring out the worst of people uh, while showing the best of people. (laughs) No, absolutely. I also don't think it's the appropriate platform to, if say, you know, you post something that I emphatically just flat out disagree with just hitting you up and being like, well, do you do realize that? And it's like, right. Okay. That's not, you don't one you don't know why they posted that two you don't know what about that they're agreeing with three like it's not it's not the proper i would say like uh environment to have those more serious let's talk about this type conversations i yeah i agree i agree i think Uh, i think it's it's a it's a poor way to uh uh communicate with people because it's you know you get this false sense of security you get this false sense of, of of power you know, it's very easy to bash people just by typing, you know, you suck. You don't know what you're talking about. Like, like if you were face to face with these individuals, they would not say half, not even a third of what they would say to you online. No. Did you ever see that video of uh, Marcus Peters when he was playing for the Rams and a fan was tackling him and he walked up into the stands and he said, yeah, talk that shit now. And the, no. the fan didn't, <laughs> the fan, I'll have to try to find it and send it to you. But uh he was, I mean, obviously he was swearing and saying other things, but he was yeah. just like, yeah, talk that shit now. He's like, talk that shit now. And he's just like, oh, uh, like didn't know what to say. And he's like, yeah, that's what I thought. And then, yeah. um, and then there was a guy that was talking shit to Isaiah Thomas and Isaiah Thomas went into the stand was like, yo, I'm a grown man. Don't talk to me like that. He's like, oh, I just wanted to get your attention. And he's like, yeah, you don't yeah. do it that way. And he's like, yeah. he's, he basically, in other words, was like, if this was the streets, like you would get your ass whooped. So like, don't be talking like that. Yeah. That's, that's it's so true. Like I, I, I'm, I'm, uh, listen, I'm, 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 I'm a big fan of, of being able to, you know, disagree with people, but there's a way to do it and there's a way not to do it. And 
I think people on social media go about it the wrong way. <laughs> Absolutely. So. Without a doubt. So, you know, I have three last questions for you wrapping it up. Yeah. Um, yeah. They're a little bit quicker. The first one, I never really get a response on because most people say that uh, it went in one ear and out the other, so they don't have an answer for it. But mm -hmm. what is the worst advice you've ever received? Worst advice I ever received? Oof. Um, could be about anything. Yeah, I'm trying to think. Uh, I mean, worst advice? I... I yeah. Uh, geez, that's that's tough. You know, I, I you I could go something funny and say like follow your heart because chances are when you follow your heart you're gonna get it broken. So that's bad advice, but uh, it also works out sometimes. <laughs> it also it also no, works it out does. sometimes. Yeah. So, um, you know, I, I don't know. I don't have. I don't really have. I don't think I've gotten bad advice. Uh, you know, obviously when you're drunk, uh, you get a ton of bad advice. You just don't remember it. So yeah, I don't, I don't know. I don't know if I have any bad advice that I received. So I can't, I can't, I can't answer. That. I apologize. No, you're good. Uh, I, mine's always be realistic. Cause I'm like, I don't know what the fuck that means. Um, That's good. Yeah. Uh, and then on the flip side of that, what's the best advice you've ever received? Oof. Um, best advice I ever received. Uh, Jesus, there's, there's a lot of advice I received, uh, that I think was great. Um, you know, one of it was believe in yourself. Uh, I, I, as, as much as people will, will say, there's no way you're, you're telling the truth. I, I have a very hard time believing in myself. And that was why it took me so long to start the podcast. Um, I have a lot of opinionated friends, you know, that are like, you know, so I, I'm always like, well, what if I did a fitness this or a fitness that? No, I'm not any amazing athlete. I just, you know, I, I do everything okay. And that's how the instant journeyman came about was I, you know, journeyman stands for someone. Um, uh, it's, it's, it's usually a professional athlete or a, a tradesman uh, that does something well, but not great. And, mm -hmm. and I, that's what journeyman is, you know? So like when, when you're a journeyman in, in a professional sport, you're usually not the highest paid athlete. You're not like the superstar uh, you're just average for that group and you, you consistently do it. And, and I said, you know what, that's me. Anything I do automatically is, is, is I'm, 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 I'm okay at, I'm, I, I can muddle my way through it. I'm, I'm decent at. So what I did is, uh, you know, I, I started tossing around the idea and people were like, what are you going to talk about? Nobody cares what you think. Nobody, this, nobody, that. And then I had one person who said, forget about everybody else and believe in yourself believe it and 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 who cares if nobody listens you wanted to do it do it and and i i think that was great advice uh you know i i could go down the route where you know my dad gives me advice my mom gives me advice. i can go down that route but i just i think that that that's the first one that came to mind so i'm going to say you know believe in yourself and and you know follow your uh your, your dreams or goals because it's 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 definitely attainable i'll tell you that much i've I've lived a life that I never even expected, you know, mm -hmm. growing up in Buffalo, New York, you know, in a, in a, uh, you know, middle-class family, um, you know, living in Lancaster and, uh, you know, then moving to New York city, uh, I mean, rubbing elbows with some very amazing people. Uh, it's, it's for me, I'm just like, I'm, I'm lucky I was able to do all this. So. Mm-hmm. 
There you go. And then the last question I have for you is if you could meet your 18-year-old self today and talk with him about all the ups and downs that you've encountered in life, and what would you say to him about that? And then what what piece of advice or uh, piece of wisdom would you give your 18-year-old self to carry with him moving forward in life? Um, I would go ahead and say uh, that, hey, keep on trucking. Don't, don't stop because, uh, you know, it's, it's, believe me, it's going to be, it's going to, uh, it's going to be great. You're going to, you're going to have a great life. You know, uh, what, what I would tell him is you're going to hit some rough patches, you know, uh, that, that's what builds character and that's, what's going to get you, you know, through some of these other hard times in your life that you're going to come across. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, something, what was the last part of that question? Um, what piece of advice or wisdom would you give your 18 year old self to carry with you moving forward in life? Yeah. So, so I would, I would, I would go ahead and say, you know, uh, start saving money earlier, start saving Mm -hmm. money earlier because, uh, it'll allow you to do a lot of the fun things that you you've been wanting to do. Love that. Well, that's, uh, that's pretty much it. That's all I have for you today. So, um, Definitely appreciate you taking out the time and your busy schedule to do this. So not a problem, not a problem. I'm uh, I'm, I'm I'm stoked that I was able to to, to be on and and uh, I look forward to uh, hearing it and 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 seeing. I mean, I love that uh, the app that you use captures all the demographics and th- stuff like that. So curious to hear. Yeah, it's re- it's really the only um, the only app that I knew that was like free. I mean, obviously I'm going to get equipment and stuff like that, but I'm trying to figure out where. Uh, the next move is first before I invest in all that. Yeah. I, I, I can, I can share a bunch of different things. I've used like a million different things. So I, uh, I can share all that with you, what I use and how I do it and all that stuff uh, later. But yeah, I, I wish you the best of luck. I, it's, uh, I had a good time. I thought it was a fun, fun conversation. Absolutely. Uh, and we'll, uh, we'll be in touch. Absolutely. Thank you very much. I appreciate it. No problem. Talk to you later. See ya.